0: This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brauman, Another week, another round
1: of ideas to start baseball. They're
2: considering a three-division, 10-team plan. Teams play in three divisions, East Coast, West Coast. And what was the other one that they were going to do?
1: That would be the Midwest, Central. And while we're at it, how about some rule changes?
2: So how about this? The universal DH. I like it.
1: In this year in particular, absolutely, you're not going to have pitchers hit in a shortened season. And I think going forward, the National League, is going to adopt it. And Drew checks in with Rocky shortstop Trevor Story on baseball's latest plan. You know, my first reaction is just, I think it's interesting. I think we're all just kind
0: of in the same boat that we want to play ball, and, and however we can make that work, I think we're all for it.
1: This is the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the Drew and Julie Podcast number 42. Drew Goodman with my partner, Julie Brownman. Julie, how are you?
2: I'm good. I know 42... You love 42. That's a part of your email, by the way, is 42.
1: It is part of my email. It was my high school football jersey. I didn't wear it in baseball and I didn't wear it in college because 42 is too high a number um, in baseball. But it's it's always been my number. So this has got it. We already know this is going to be like the most scintillating podcast we've ever had.
2: (laughs) listen we have some really good stuff to talk about by the way you caught up want to let everybody know you caught up with Trevor's story did a nice long interview with him i've seen him do a a tv show here and there so he's at least you know communicating with us he's kind of in the same boat that we are and we discover that in your podcast lots of some things happening with major league baseball at least some discussion about what's coming next so we're going to get to that but i did you you said that to me the other day that intrigued me that well every time I talked to you yesterday you were at goodwill, which
1: i was you know Julie, I, was, I was there again today
2: how much stuff did you give away
1: i have i i, I have we have um you know we moved so i I guess this, you know i I recently got divorced, so we both moved i, I moved out of our family house, and we're in the process of selling it, and we have a lot of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, yes, there have been many, many, many trips to goodwill. And my my ex, you know, who, who's a wonderful person, she is much better than I am um, about, you know, purging. I get sentimental over everything. I'm like, oh, look at somebody who sent me this... this um, postcard from Bolivia in 1987. Let me sit down for a second and read it. And now I have to contemplate, should I keep it somewhere? I'm the worst. And if, has, if my kids are involved, forget it. I mean, I, Julie, I still have sitting at the house. You know, I, I know you don't have children, but you know, when they're little, they, they're doing arts and crafts all the time. And my, my kids are, are really bright kids and they're really good athletes. None of them are going to be a Van Gogh. Okay, so let's get that out of the way. But there is these little, you know, little dolphin or little house that was made. You know, that God knows how it's still standing up. And you are like, can you throw these things away? It's uh, I I, I, I paralysis by analysis.
2: So everybody is doing what you are doing. I have bags in my car, by the way. And like I said, you have to be ruthless when you do this you can't let emotion get into it or else you would never get anything done i didn't realize during this time that goodwill was taking anything so i just kept accumulating it so i went down this rabbit hole if you are wondering out there they quarantine your stuff for 72 hours oh they do yeah so it just by itself i mean that kind of makes sense right we are going through a pandemic
1: Yeah. And and we had to, I'm sure you had the same thing as opposed to them grabbing stuff and helping you. They kind of just point to the boxes and they're, they're wonderful, but you have to, which is fine. You have to distribute everything because they're not going to, you know, they're not going to touch it.
2: So one thing before I wanted to tell you this, admit this out loud before we get to all the good stuff we have going on. I tried to one time donate my couch to Goodwill. They said, no, there was too much cat hair on it. True story. And it was in front of my brother in law and it was like, Oh my god, this is the worst thing ever. It would not take my couch.
1: Yeah, I understand that. That one catty <laughs> there one cat of yours. Yeah. That cat that cat's probably going through withdrawal symptoms because he hasn't seen me in a while.
2: You know, I don't think that's what's going on, but Yes. I have not seen you in a while. However, baseball is taking a, l- a little bit of forefront lately, and we're going to talk about that in our Boyers What's Hot segment. So, Drew, this is kind of what the latest is in baseball. As you know, Major League Baseball, while throwing around a lot of things, they're considering a three-division, ten-team plan. Teams play in three divisions pretty much within their division. It would be, what, East Coast, West Coast, and what was the other one that they were going to do?
1: That would be the Midwest, is the Central. Midwest. <laughs> right. I don't know what they called it, but yeah, the central time zone teams, supposedly. Yeah,
2: so it would be in Texas. So obviously the East Coast would be presumably in Florida. West Coast Division, the games would be played presumably in Arizona. And then the Central Division would be in Texas. So what do you think about that?
1: I'm excited about that plan. And here's why. And, and we're going to get to some stuff a little bit later on. Julie, Major League Baseball has this piece of clay in their hands. They have an opportunity because of this worldwide pandemic to mold this season and experiment in any way they would like, even beyond what most people would think is reasonable with some of the rules, with with maybe how the games are televised, with people being mic'd up, which we've touched on before, but even way beyond that. And I think this, you have, think how exciting this is. If you're you're an East Coast, let's say you're a Yankees fan, right? Well, Mm -hmm. guess what? The Yankees are going to play the Mets because they're in the same division. And and Boston, the Mets in Boston are going to play as opposed to every few years when the schedule aligns that way. Think about the Rockies. If you're a Rockies fan, you're still seeing the Dodgers, the hated Dodgers, and Arizona, and the Padres, and the Giants. You're also seeing, Julie, Mike Trout, and the Mm -hmm. the LA Angels, Mm -hmm. Shohei Otani. You're seeing a very good Oakland team. You're seeing teams that you don't regularly see, and they're going to expand the postseason, again, if all the ideas are accepted. And instead of 10 teams making the postseason – They'll kind of go the way of the other three major sports where where it's always, you know, bring me your tired, your poor, your mediocre team. 14 teams will make the postseason, and that will make for an entertaining uh, tournament come November. I love it. I, I really do. Uh, I think anything that gets the focus back on baseball and where they can get out of their traditional box a little bit, you don't know down the road, Julie, what will stick when you when it talk, I, I, I'm not saying that in the future, there'll be these 10 team, three ten team leagues or divisions, but there could be some things that come out of this that they say, aha, I like this. And we'll get to some of those perspective rule changes uh, in a little bit. But it, it, but at first glance, I, I thought it was great.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think they're kind of whittling away into what may work and they're getting closer and closer. One of the things I'm realizing about this is anything that's thrown out, it doesn't really include fans, Drew. Um, So whatever it's going to be, you know, three divisions, 10 team plan, whatever it is, I don't think any of this includes fans in the stadium. I would say that.
1: Yeah. But we, Julie, we've been talking about this for a while. And and anybody that, uh, you know, has not been living under a rock the last six weeks Um, and is interested in sports realizes that when it comes back, it's going to be without fans and it's going to be without fans for probably a a fairly significant period of time. Well, Hopefully hopefully it, it doesn't have to be the whole, you know, whatever season is played, but that'll be determined.
2: Yeah. I'm wondering With I'm specifically talking about baseball. I feel like because the other sports are coming back with the, you know, whatever games left in the NHL, 12 in the NHL and the Nuggets in the NBA. I'm saying in baseball, I'm not sure the plan is for fans this season. And we can talk about that because if it's 80 games and it has to be played in such a short amount of time, I don't know that. I guess maybe that's a conversation as we get closer and closer, but I'm realizing as I'm reading this article too, this article from CBS, the one I, I read, it doesn't include fans in the stadium at all in whatever, but let's just, let's get to some of those things that you were talking about that some of the rules out there that are proposed changes in rules that I think some of them are fascinating. And I think some of them are going to stick.
1: Yeah. Well, let me, let me clarify something. None of these, this was done by a writer. um, Some of these, and some of the, you know, one of these um, I read somewhere else and I can't remember. But there are Um,
2: are being talked about in other places as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they're talking about it on Park Avenue, but I would suggest um, that they probably are. They're probably looking at every conceivable way to use this season as some sort of um, experimental type of season and see where at least see how many, you know, if they do dabble in some of these rule changes we're going to bring up. Some of them may stick. Some of them may really draw significant interest from people who are just casual fans.
2: And if you're a baseball traditionalist, you may hate these, but I would think a baseball traditionalist just wants baseball, right? So they may be able to, because some of these are not traditional whatsoever. Let me go through a few that I guess maybe I think has been, some of these are very likely and some are not likely. Some of these that may have been talked about. How about this one? An automated strike zone. That's been talked about.
1: Is that the, that, that's been talked about, and you know the umpire union before COVID hit had agreed to it, which means it's not far away from Major League Baseball. I, I'm on record; I don't like it. Uh, I think it takes away the art of trying to steal pitches from the catcher, guys who are really good, like Tony Walters at framing pitches. I, I'm not a fan of it, but it's coming.
2: Okay, so how about this: the universal DH? I like it. I like it because in a shortened season, and you want to keep guys healthy. Um, why would you even listen? It's gotten to the point where I, pitchers are it's a wasted at bat. I mean, that's how a lot of people feel. That's kind of how I feel it's exciting when a pitcher does get a hit. And God knows if they get a double, that's exciting. But that is so few and far between. Eliminate that this season. I would, yeah, you-
1: Julie, I'm, I'm with you. I and I've always railed against changing. I grew up in, as a National League fan. I love the fact that there's more strategy for managers. You know, do I let my pitcher hit? Does he bun here? How do I utilize my bench where in the American League managers just sit back and they they play their lineup and they don't have to worry about it. if a pitcher fatigues they take them out. they don't have to worry about him hitting. Um, in this year in particular, absolutely you need and you're going to have the DH you're not you're not going to have pitchers hit in a shortened season. and I think going forward the National League is going to adopt it um, and you're gonna have you know you're gonna have uh, an extra legitimate, offensive player it's been coming for a while and and purists like myself are just gonna have to get used to it but i am i'm with you especially this year bring it on
2: so I don't know how I feel about this one eliminating instant replay maybe it's eliminating the time that it takes I choose to i mean there's nothing worse than a terribly blown call and not it's not being challenged or not being able to be reversed i like instant replay maybe there's a way to make it um a lot faster
1: yeah the cynical part of me i've gotten so tired of every every year they say hey we're going to speed it up we're going to speed it up but julie you've watched a million baseball games they don't they they're the umpire the home plate umpire the crew chief kind of wanders in the direction of of the manager in question he's got his hand up and he's waiting to hear from his video guy underneath and it's supposed to be a very you know quick decision but it rarely is And even though Major League Baseball has gone to great lengths to try to speed it up, it never gets sped up. Believe it or not, I I don't know if I'd have a problem going back to when, you know what, if if the umpire missed a call, he missed a call. It worked pretty well for a long period of time. That one, that one I'm 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 kinda on the on the fence with right now.
2: I guess the what this writer's proposing is instead of that you know, I, like R- Brian Jones does that right now. Right. Like if he thinks that there's a blown co- something that that can be real, yeah. he'll he'll get in touch with Buddy Black. Right. And that's the, the way the writer proposed this is that Buddy Black would have to make that call, eliminating right. that. time,
1: Right. right. And, and sometimes there's gray area. He's you know, uh, you know, Brian may pass along. Hey, it's really close. I, you could rule it safe. Let's say he was called out. But it's the fourth inning, and Buddy's got to got to make a decision. Do I go for it here? Do I try to save my challenge to maybe something else happens later in the game that's more potentially significant? There are times where the video guy goes challenge it. There's no question he was safe, and 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 you go from there. But th- there's there's definitely, as we've all seen, there's some gray area ones.
2: The pitch clock, I think, if it gets instituted this season, is not going away.
1: Uh, I'm just get on the get on the rubber and throw the baseball i don't know if we need a pitch clock
2: well if it makes it faster
1: Nah, i don't want i don't, I don't want a pitch clock we need
2: about ties because this specifically however many games there are going to be this season the last thing you want is something going to the 15th inning right when you just want to get games done this year
1: julie this one is fascinating for me and I'll tell you why. There have been a couple of ideas advanced to eliminate, as you suggest, the 15, 17-inning marathons that, you know, are, are, are neat. But, you know, most fans aren't staying up to 1.30 in the morning when it ends. Broadcasters can't find any food at that hour, so that's tough on us. But, but in all seriousness, there have been a couple of interesting ones advanced. One of them in this piece by CBS Sports was – you do like hockey and, and there's ties like after 11th inning. Uh, I'm out on that. I, I don't, you know, not two points for a win and, and one point for a tie. I'm out. No way. Baseball, at the end of the year, you have 97 victories and you have 65 losses if you have a great season. There's not going to be, you're not going to be, you know, 88, 60, and, you know, whatever that adds up so, and, and five. That doesn't add up right, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. A couple of the other ones advanced was. Justin Turner had one about a month or so ago. He said, "Why don't you take your three top sluggers for each team? A coach comes out and throws BP. Each guy gets five swings, and whichever team hits more home runs, kind of like a hockey shootout, yeah. and that team wins.
2: That would be fun. Different. It would be
1: fun, and yeah. it would and it would draw it would draw some interest. And you'd say, Hey, the Rockies. You know, the Rockies were tied the other day. They're going to roll out Arenado, Story, and Blackman." Right. Um who the Dodgers going to roll out. I mean it it does add some intrigue. Um so there's that one. I got another one for you that they're using in the minor leagues. What's and that? this one is still more quote-unquote baseball related. Say after 10 innings or 11 innings, you go to the California tiebreaker which youth baseball is familiar with. And that is the inning starts with a runner on second base.
2: Hmm. Yeah, started off
1: yeah, I'm not opposed to that.
2: What, okay, so what inning does that? The, the extra inning starts off with a runner on second?
1: Yeah, I well, you could do it, at, you know, some people would say, hey, do it after, as soon as nine innings are over. I wouldn't do that. I would play at least two innings of, of extra baseball, if not three, before you go to the ta- California tiebreaker.
2: Yeah, I do think that that's going to be addressed this season. I really do. I think that issue has to be addressed because that would just be a killer for, you know, think about that going through um, your bullpen and going through those arms that could really, really have an impact. One of those long games. So I think like that one is going to be addressed for sure. What about the one about, and it's exciting, but I don't think they would ever institute it. Let the one, two, three hitters bat every (laughs) inning.
1: Um, I, I don't, I don't think that would ever happen. I, I don't, I, I'm not a proponent of that, but I, but I think I have a kind of an offshoot of that and I want to hear what you think. Cause I think this is fascinating also. You have one card as a manager that you can play from the seventh inning on Seventh to the ninth, or if it goes extra innings, you have this one card you can play. And that is, you can take your best hitter, or the hitter you want to hit, maybe it's your hottest hitter, Mm -hmm. and in a given situation, he can bat out of order. In other words, Mm -hmm. Nolan Arenado made the last out in the bottom of the sixth inning. Lo and behold, the Rockies are down three in the seventh. He's not due up for four hitters. But the bases are loaded. And the manager can play his one card ticket, his one player ticket, if you will, and Nolan gets to hit there, and then he gets to hit in his normal spot again. You can only do it once. Can you imagine you're at home going, Hey, I I think I think Buddy should play the one, you know, the one hitter ticket right here. Right. Be kind of fascinating, wouldn't it?
2: It's a great idea and it's fun. I don't know if it would be instituted because that wouldn't it's a great idea, but I don't think it'd be instituted this year because you know, because of the schedule, right? It doesn't help speed up a game.
1: It makes it No, work. I don't care about speeding up the game. I wanna do things here's the analogy I make, Julie. When you watch the NFL, you're too young, but if you watched it forty years ago, it was three yards and a cloud of dust most of the time. Mm-hmm. The game has evolved where it's all about Quarterbacks who can move, quarterbacks who can throw, the ball's gonna be in the air. That's how you score points. You have to be able to throw it, right? Right. You look you look at the sport of boxing. Boxing's dying. Why are they dying? There's there's numerous reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is the MMA came around and it is you know more violent and there are There are rules, but there are, you know, it goes to the ground and it captivated people in the fight game and they find it uh, more entertaining than boxing. My point is that baseball, like any sport, has to continue to evolve. And I've always been a purist. I've always been conservative when it comes to protection of, of baseball because I personally think it's a wonderful game as is. But if you're looking forward with all these different forms of entertainment and you're trying to continue to captivate a large audience and every audience is diminishing, you need to find new ways to grab those people. And that, that no better season, as we talked about, than this year to go ahead and say, hey, this is the year they have the one ticket thing where a player can be used out of order from the seventh inning on. Go for it this year.
2: Well, I think it'll be fascinating, whatever changes they make, and they are going to make some changes because they have to make changes to keep people healthy. It's going to be fascinating to see what sticks because something's going to stick because you're right. This is the season to make those changes. And once they start making changes, watch out because then you're just trying to keep up with the Joneses because you're trying to attract, you know, some of those younger viewers and, and younger sports fans. And that's all by doing things maybe like you suggested, the it's just gonna move forward once these changes start there's no looking back
1: yeah listen I mean no disrespect to to Tony Walters for instance he typically hits eighth and he's gotten better offensively and he and he's a uh, I think the world to Tony Walters but let's say he comes up second and third in the ninth inning and, and you're down by a couple of runs and you can play that ticket and all of a sudden you send Charlie Blackman up there I mean all that that's that's interesting. It really is. And again, I, I I mean no disrespect toward Tony or anybody else who hits you know eighth in a lineup, but it but it would keep people sticking around, and it would be it would for for one year. Check it out. See what happens.
2: Like and like I just said, it may not be for one year. It may be. This is the season where. Um, we have a new, some new things going on in baseball. Also good news. I want to let everybody know as we take this break, when we come back, we're going to talk to Trevor Stoyer. You had a chance to talk with him over the phone. want to let everybody know this coming Friday, Boyer's Coffee, and you know that Boyer's Coffee is one of our big sponsors. You know about that fire um, that destroyed that building on March 31st. Coming this Friday, they're going to start distributing coffee from their entire lineup, Bo- Boca Java they're Organic, Luna Roasters, Mashup. You can find them in grocery stores or you can find them online, which is a big deal. Don't know if you saw this, but there's a TV story. I think it was on Channel 2 and they talked to the two owners of uh, Boyer's Coffee and they were talking about some other local roasters. Basically, their competition drew, let them rent their facilities overnight so the Boyer's employees could come in and start roasting their coffee. And now they're going to be doing more coffee coming up on Friday. I think that's a great story. I also want to give a shout out to Odell Brewing Company who donated beer to all the Boyer's Coffee employees. They're at 2945 Larimer Street. They're also a big supporter of first responders. It was not good whatsoever what happened to Boyer's, but there's some heartwarming stories about this Colorado company, people helping them.
1: Well, that, that speaks to the kind of community member that Boyer's has always been and will continue to be, that, you know, competitors are, are helping them Pick up when they're down a little bit. So you know that that is a wonderful uh, story. I want to tell you very quickly about uh, another wonderful story. They've been in business almost twenty years. Ideal Home Loans interest rates are fabulous right now, and they do it so well. They take the time at Ideal Home Loans to listen. To what your needs are, and then they're going to put together a wonderful plan for you. They're reachable at 303 867 7000. 303 867 7000. They have an A rating with the Better Business Bureau. As we like to say, they don't just hand those things out. So give them a call. It's a wonderful time right now to refinance uh, if you're in the market. Uh, to purchase another home. I was talking to somebody recently uh, about that. I said, you got to call Brent Ivinson and his team at Ideal Home Loans. Again, the number is 303-867-7000. Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000. And uh, each week they bring us our interview of the week. And this week we got to catch up with the all-star shortstop of the Colorado Rockies, Trevor Story. Well, first and foremost, Trevor, it's a, it's a question that uh, – that you ask everybody you haven't talked to in a little bit is, is how you are doing and how your how's your family doing? Yeah, we're doing good,
0: man. So uh, thanks for asking. Everybody's everybody's healthy and safe, and that's
1: all we can really ask for at this time. Yeah, absolutely. Are, are you keeping your sanity during this? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm doing a good
0: job of it. Um, it's, you know, it's not easy. It's pretty tough. You know, I feel like uh, you know missing baseball. Has a lot to do with it and um you know we we feel like we should be you know we want to be playing right now and it's just it's just kinda of tough to, to come to that realization that it's not gonna happen um, you know right now how we want it to. So yeah, but doing doing the best we can to stay sane for sure.
1: You know it's gotta be difficult and I talked to Charlie recently, I talked to David Dahl last week, is that ordinarily you know you're reporting, let's say, February 15th, right? And so you build up and you and your workouts and your baseball activities are all geared toward what you where you want to be on February 15th. In this particular case, you don't know if it's going to be, you know, you're going to be back in some sort of camp on June 1st, June 15th. You don't know. And how difficult is that from a motivation standpoint and just clearly a, a workout standpoint?
0: Yeah, no, you
1: you're exactly right. That's the that's the biggest challenge I think
0: that I'm facing. Um, you know, you, like you said, you you kind of have your your point that you're looking towards to in the off season, and you know when you want to be ready and how you want to feel by a certain date. and That's kind of the unknown right now, and um, so you know it it, it makes you. Feel a little uneasy, you know, not knowing when or what date that we need to get ready for. Um, so I'm just kind of, I'm treating it as, you know, as if we're in like early January. Um, you know, I'm doing, doing a little more baseball stuff than workout wise. And still staying strong though and, and keeping my eye on that. But, um, you know, also, also not overdoing it. I think that's something that that is a real thing too and um, just having that fine balance of, of staying sharp and, and ready to go
1: whenever you know we're called are you are you working out with uh, i don't know if any teammates live down that arlington area or are you working out with high school or, or or somebody you know you know some college area kids to you know hit you ground balls and throw bp <laughs> that sort of thing
0: um yeah it's my guy Brandon Sherrard, that you know I've been working with. He's my hitting guy since uh, you know I was like 15, and uh, yeah. So he's me and him get get our work in every day. He, he puts in a lot of time for me and you know hitting me ground balls and throwing BP and flips and all that great stuff. And um, Lucroy Roy lives down in the area, so I've been able to uh, we've been working out with him and um, at a at a private facility. That's that's just us. So it, it's nice Bye. to know that. It's just us, and you know we don't have to worry about um, you know anybody um, coming in. Right, right. You have a place you can lift to. Yeah, it's it's the same facility. It's kind of a all-in-one type
1: place. You know, half of it is the gym and half of it is the cage, and yeah, it's, it's a great spot for us. Yeah, good, good for you, good for you. Hey, the latest proposal um, was a three division. It was kind of interesting, a three division deal with. You know, where you live, Texas probably would host the, the central teams. Now, you can't just say central division because th- there would be no American League, National League this year. Back east, you know, the Mets and Yankees, Boston, they'd all be in one. Um, and then out west, where you guys reside, uh, it would include all the teams you you face normally in the NL But it would also include Mike Trout and the Angels, Seattle, Oakland, who, have, you know, has had, had good clubs the last couple of years. What were your thoughts on that?
0: You know, my first reaction is just, I think it's interesting.
1: Um, you know,
0: I know that you know, if we're going to get in the you know, season like we want to, there's going to have to be, you know, some sacrifices made for sure on everybody's part. And I think, uh, you know, I think players realize that. I think teams realize that. And um, I think we're all just kind of in the same boat that we want to play ball and, and however we can make that work and, and guarantee the safety of, of everyone involved and I think we're all for it. And, um, yeah, it'd be it'd be cool though. You know, I think now would be the time to try something new, and um, you know, maybe try an idea that uh, you know that we may not have had the chance to do without these circumstances. And uh, just at the end of the day, we want to we want to play, and we want to give the fans and the American people something to look forward to and be excited about. Uh, so I'm. Yeah, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much down for anything at this point.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know what, I have to tell you, I really appreciate that and and I respect that. And I know, you know, you recently got married and when some of these ideas that have leaked out, you know, there was, you know, occasional tweet from some of your brethren in the game saying, you know, I don't want to be without my family for that long a, a period of time. You know, if you guys were isolated, let's say, and, I completely understand that. It's not. I don't. I want to see. I don't want to go four plus months without seeing my boys. Naturally, however, the one the one thing I point out, whether it's military folks who go on tours of duty for a year, or people who work on, you know, cargo ships that are gone for six months at a time, th- these are unprecedented circumstances. So I appreciate what you said. That you want you understand that that this isn't. This isn't the norm it's not like saying, okay, going forward for the next twenty years, this is how it's going to operate yeah exactly that's uh <clears throat> like
0: that's the thing to understand and and um you know have everybody understand that you know like you said these, these times aren't normal at all and, um, so it'd be it'd be a little crazy to think that we would have you know any type of season that that resembles you know any type of normalcy, and uh, sacrifice is going to have to be a big part of that
1: and um, just hopefully, it's it's uh, something you know reasonable. I want I want to ask you something because I my my reaction was similar to yours uh, when this piece came out in the last forty eight hours about three divisions and and there there was another piece I read and I kind of been kicking some things around, uh, but you said this is the year of any to go ahead and experiment and and no sport stays exactly the same and traditionally. Trev, I've been a purist. Uh, I, I grew up in you know follow you know a Mets fan and a National League guy, so I like when the pitchers hit and the managers had to make decisions, et cetera. But but this year maybe we can you know do something to 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 get younger people more involved in the game as fans. And so I want to throw a few ideas at you, some simple and and some maybe a little more out there, and tell me tell me what you think. First of all, universal DH seems like it's coming. I would expect it this year in whatever format the game's played. Are you good with that? Um yeah, I think uh you know, I'm I'm kind of similar
0: to you that you know, I'm a old school kind of guy and I like to see, you know, the you know, the managers uh that's a big part of their game is making those decisions and um but I do see, you know, the excitement of having, you know, another premier hitter. Um, on every National League team, and I think it would help a lot of guys, help a lot of offenses, and um, you know, it's it also creates you know 15 more jobs of a DH role, and you can kind of you can kind of build around that, and um, you know, I think it changes your team up a little bit. So, uh, you you know me, I'm big offensive guy, so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm leaning towards that. I, I think I kind of like it.
1: Yeah, I think even even if we weren't going through what we all are going through right now, I think it's common to the National League and we, we all have to kind of get used to it. All right, there, there was a couple of extra inning ideas that have been floated that um, I want to get your thoughts on. Justin Turner, this goes back four, five, six weeks, he said, you know, how about after the 10th or the 11th inning, you have a home run derby. You can select three guys from each team and, you know, you, you get... Whoever's favorite, whoever throws the best BP for each team, and they get who knows five, eight swings each, and you add them up, and you know, it's kind of like a shootout in hockey. What do you have on that?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, Uh it would definitely be exciting, no doubt.
1: Because you'd be you'd be one of those guys, obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I might be, and I think you know, it would it would make the game very exciting. There's no doubt, and you'd see guys. Um, you know, I think specifically on the team in case of that situation. Um, which, you know, if rosters are expanded then that could be something, you know, that could work. Um but I'm I'm kinda you know, I'd like to see guys or after the tenth inning, you know, you play through ten and then maybe that eleventh inning you put a guy on second and then um, you know, see how it works out after that. Uh so I'd rather keep it a little more baseball. You know, game formatted until we move to something like that. You could do that maybe in like the twelfth and third. You know, if that doesn't end in the tenth, but right. um, yeah, I'm down for. I think it's I think it's cool to hear these ideas.
1: Yeah, it, you know, a- absolutely. And it's funny because my next thought was going to be what you alluded to, and that's the California tiebreaker. So you'd like to see that potentially in extra innings. I know they've used it a little bit in the minor leagues. That um, you know, you, strategy certainly comes into play. Yeah, I do. Um I like
0: that part of it because you you're still involving, you know, the whole team pretty much. Um and you, you kinda battle throughout um uh, you know a long game, obviously a close um tough fought game and um you know you wanna have more guys involved than less I think and um I think that that's just kinda
1: my viewpoint on it. All right, I got another wild one I read somewhere. <laughs> And this is, again, this is out there, but it's kind of interesting if you think about it. You have a card that the manager can play once a game, and he can take any player and have them hit, even if, let's say, Trev, you, you made the final out in the, it'd have to be uh, from the seventh inning forward into extra innings. So let's say you made the final out in the bottom of the sixth inning. You guys are down three runs, seventh inning rolls around. And even though you're not due up, the bases are loaded and maybe one of, you know, you're down toward the bottom of the lineup and the manager can go, I'm going to play the one hitter card here. I'm having story hit again. And, and you would come after that, you would go back to your normal space and spot in the lineup. I, that's crazy. It That is really out there. But uh, what's your opinion? No, I agree. It- It's definitely out there, and it's crazy. Um,
0: But I do like the idea that, uh, you know, like in the other sports, like basketball and football, um, you know, the best, you know, you feel like your best players and the guys that you want the ball in their hands at the end of the game, they get a chance to, you know, have a shot to either tie it or win the game. Um, I do like that, that aspect of it. You know, it gives your, you know, whoever you feel like gives you the best chance to, to come through in the situation, um, you know, baseball doesn't always give you that opportunity, which, you know, I'm conflicted because that's, that's the special part about it. You know, it takes, it takes nine guys to, you know, uh, to, to win a game and so, yeah. I see both sides of
1: it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's almost changing the game a little too much for me, I think. Yeah. The the one interesting thing is when you, when you talk about strategy, and, and when you lose a great deal of managerial strategy with the DH, you would have people at home saying, you know, what's he going to do? Is he going to play the story card here? Is he going to play, is he going to hit Nolan? I mean, there's a lot of thought that would go into it. Do you wait? It's still the seventh inning. Do you wait to the ninth inning? Um, it looks like they're going to be the bottom of the order again in the ninth inning. How do you, you know, how do you play it? So it, it's, it's out there, but it, it's certainly worth, as you said earlier, it, maybe this is the year you throw a lot of things against the wall and see what sticks.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> it would make it super interesting. Um, and yeah, you're right. The strategy part of it would be uh, would be cool to see, you know. And it uh, depends on who's hot, you know, and, and who's not, and who's you know who's pitching and who has good numbers previously. And there's just so much that would go into it. And uh, but yeah. It'd be kind of cool to see that, see how
1: that would play. Yeah. And and the last thought on it, because Trevor, you would never say this about yourself, but a lot of people come to the ballpark and watch uh, on television because they want to see, you know, the Trevor stories of the world, the Nolan Arenados, the Charlie Blackmans, you know, hit. And uh, you made a wonderful point that in every other sport, I I know you're watching on Sunday night because I know you love hoops, the Jordan stuff, the last, you know, that's going to go on for another few weeks. Well, guess what? You and I could have coached the Bulls back in 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 the nineties because if if they were if it was close late in the game we're going listen inbound it to Michael and you all get the bleep out of the way right right so you know it'd be kind of nice if if the if the great players like yourself and like Nolan have have an added opportunity to to impact the game late all right we'll we'll leave that alone I want to ask you something Trevor because by nature I think people have you know the fans understand not only your, your talent but you're more of a quiet you know go about your business guy and and uh, I really admire that but now that you are fully established as a you know a big league star and you know you've been around the block a few times so to speak are you going to be more comfortable being more of a, a vocal leader or do you feel like you know I just have to be who I am
0: yeah I think that's yeah you know, that's part of you know, evolving as a player, I think, and you know, to be the the player that I want to be, I think that's you know, that's part of that evolving as a leader. Um, you know, sometimes stepping out of your comfort zone to to you know maybe talk to someone or, or you know um, kind of let them know how you feel. Uh, you know, it's like you said, I'm more of a quiet guy, lead by example type, but um, I do feel more comfortable now. You know, being you know, have put, having played four years and um, being, you know, gone around the block a couple times, but uh, I think that's that's something that I want to do, and I think that that's something that has to be the most important part. You have to want to be able to do that and want to have that be a part of your game, and um, I don't think you can you can force it if you don't want to do it. And that's something that I want to do, and I think it can help us out.
1: I always think back, and you and I have talked about this several times over the. Over the years, I, I think back to the influence that Cargo had on you. And we had so many shots when you were, you know, a much younger player with him, his arm around you in the dugout and, and talking. And I, and I know you guys stay in close contact now. And it's got to be kind of a neat feeling for you to, you know, maybe have that kind of impact on on a Garrett Hampson or Sam Hilliard. Um, that, that's got to be a neat feeling.
0: Yeah, because I remember how it made me feel when Cargo did that, you know. You
1: know, he's, he's one of the best
0: – you know, I call him the best teammate that I've ever had. And um, You know, I don't, I don't think he knows how much it meant to me, you know, going out of his way to, to kind of put his arm around me, like you said. And uh, You know, just words of encouragement, um, you know, when it's going good and, and when it's going bad, too. And um, yeah, I think that's part of being a pro is to, to kind of pay that back and pass it along, and, uh, grow the game and kind of, you know, try to leave it better than you found it. And, I know cargo certainly did that, um,
1: you know he's the example that I look to 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 do it myself. I want to take you back I know it probably seems like you know six thousand years ago, uh, but two months ago when you guys were were ramping up to get ready to start in San Diego, what were your impressions of the club around you as you guys were three weeks into spring training?
0: Yeah, I think the feeling you know that I got and you know, it just seems like you know that was us against the world pretty much you know every seems like you know everyone's already written us off and um, you know kind of put us in the in the stellar of the west already and um yeah I think guys guys took that to heart I think you know i, I felt the different type of edge that we had in camp um you know it seems like um you know, we were being challenged a little bit and that, and I think that's great i I love the feeling that we had and you know we I think we need that to uh, to get the best out of ourselves and get back to the type of ball that we were playing in 17 and 18.
1: Yeah. How how excited are you about some of the younger guys and, and who has impressed you in the last, whether it be just spring training or maybe going back to last year, some of the guys who got their feet wet?
0: Yeah. I think our guys, you know, we've done a great job of, of uh, you know, they've come up and they've been ready to play, uh, like Hampson and Hilliard. Um, those guys are the first two that come to mind, you know, they, they're, they're not scared of the, of, you know, the, the magnitude of, of playing in the big leagues and, you know, you, you talk to them and and you, you know, that they're not, you know, they're not lacking confidence and that they feel like they belong there and they know they can, they can compete there. I think that's the, that's the biggest thing that, that I loved about it. Um, cause you know, that, that's a sign of good players, um, and those guys, those guys definitely have that, and, and they showed that. And when they get on the field, man, they leave it all out there. They play hard, so I love that part,
1: too. You know, you know what's interesting to me is that so many people, from a national standpoint, were writing the Rockies off. And I'm saying, wait a second, the, the nucleus of a team that went to the postseason two out of the last three years, and given last year was a, was a rough year, but the, the nucleus is still there, there's a whole lot of talent, and – I think some of it honestly emanated from whatever that situation with Nolan and and now everybody's saying, you know, the Rockies are trying to trade him. He's going to opt out in 2021. Did you spend a lot of time thinking about that situation and what he may or may not do? I know you guys are close.
0: You know, I did um, just because, you know, like you said, we're we're very close and um, we talk a lot and, um, you know, I, I care about him a lot and I want him, you know, I want him to be happy and, yeah you know, I love playing with the guy, so um yeah it was it was just kind of weird, you know the the situation that that we were in, and um you know we understand where no one's coming from, and we'll, but we all we all want to win and um you know it's not like anyone was uh pointing fingers or anything like that we were just you know we all care for him and we want to be happy and um I think you know we we were happy to get the spring and um and Nolan's a pro, man. He he's he's always been the same. He's always had that fire to play and win, and um, you know it was no different when we got there. And it was it was fun to to be there for you know those week those few weeks. And
1: it sucks that uh, you know we got stopped where we did. Yeah, I, I mean, doing what I do, Trevor. I, I was asked quite a bit about it by you know people who would stop you in a store or or on the street, that sort of thing. And I said, you know, the amazing um, piece is that winning cures everything. This is not the first time that, you know, a a great athlete, you know, may have had a, a, you know, maybe disgruntled or seemingly, and and we all know how things get twisted around sometimes, you know, in the media, but winning has always cured everything. And that was kind of my answer. I said, this thing is going to come up again in, in June or July if the Rockies are struggling. But if the Rockies are, you know, eight games over 500 and and right in the thick of things, nobody's going to be bringing that up. And, and certainly from Nolan's standpoint, it's going to be all about trying to get to the postseason again. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: you're right. Winning is, that's what it's all about. That's why we play this game. And, you know, I, I, that does take care of a lot. And, um, you know, we, uh, we, like you said, we have a very talented team and we feel like, you know, why not us? And, you know, been in the playoffs too, uh, the last three years. And, um, we just want to win, man. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. That's all we want.
1: Yeah. Hey, l- let me ask you: when when you were getting ready for the season, and you've accomplished so much in such a short amount of time, you know the, the power numbers, your defense, um, the, you know the batting average keeps coming up, uh, OPS, etc. Where can you get better? Is that? I mean, is that possible? Oh, for sure.
0: <laughs> um, I look at it. You know, baseball is such a tough game, and it's. You know it'll humble you really quick, and um there's always room to you know room for improvement in this game and um you know I sit down at the end of each year and and try to realize and pinpoint uh places that I can get better in my game and um, um you know I take that very seriously because um uh, you know we only you know as a baseball player, we only get one crack at this thing and i you know I put my heart and soul into this every single day and um I want to be the the best player that I can be and uh you know for me i feel like i feel like i can steal more bases um so i can get on base on at a better clip the average can go up um and yeah i feel like i can i can do more damage you know slugging wise um, It's just for me it's just a matter of of limiting um you know those times where i'm not feeling great and and just kind of keeping those to you know a two at bat clip as opposed to like a you know four to six at bat clip and that's what it's all about is for me is just making adjustments quickly and um I think that's that's what the, the really good players like Nolan and Chuck do and I think you know they have great numbers to show for it.
1: Yeah. I remember I remember you telling me that one of the adjustments you made at some point really in your rookie year, even though you, you had the historic start with the long long ball is that you you realized you didn't have to swing a hundred percent to hit the ball over the fence. And it wasn't about hitting it 450 every time, you know, if you hit it 400 and it went out, that that's good enough. And your contact rate went up. Yeah. That, that was a big thing for me. And it still is, is
0: my effort level. You know, I feel um, that, you know, my my best swing and my most under control swing is at about 75 to 80%. And if it gets over that, then I just, I feel a little out of control and not as accurate with my barrel. And that helps me to move my body easy and be in good rhythm and flow and to be able to make good decisions on pitches to hit and, um, just kind of let my quickness and directness take
1: over and and supply the power. Hey, I I gotta, I, I gotta leave you with this story. I, um, was thinking about you when they – I was down in Florida. This goes back six weeks ago. I was watching uh, my middle son, who you've met before, Zach, his, his college team play. And and the shortstop um, for, for Webster made five Trevor Story plays in the first five innings. I've never seen this before in my life. He literally had what I, I think is probably you do this better than anybody I've ever seen – Go up the middle and have a, have to field it and make the pirouette to throw to first. He had five of those in the first five innings and he, he made them all. And it made me think of you because I, as I said, I've never seen anybody do it better. Is that your favorite play defensively? <laughs> uh, I think
0: so. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's something that I practice a lot and it's it's such a feel to it. And once you kind of get that feel, then you know you can do without uh even thinking about it and it's it's fun man I do love that play that is probably my favorite one um you know just because you know it takes it takes a lot of focus and, and athleticism to do it and uh I feel like the the hitter is always pretty bad when it when it happens so I like that
1: yeah off the bat you think you got a hit next thing you know it's uh you're out at first so Right. Uh, I, I want to see you doing that real soon. I know I speak for everybody out there in the same regard. I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, best to your family. And uh, naturally, I hope to see you real soon, brother. Thanks. Hope to see you too, Drew. Appreciate you. you got it. Take care, man. Be good, Trevor.
2: That interview, obviously, brought to you by, as always, brought to you by Ideal Home Loans. You know, I know you guys talked a lot about Trevor being you know, with the Rockies for four years, I feel like he's become such a mainstay. It feels longer to me. Four years isn't a lot of time, but the impact he's had on this franchise, you know, really speaks to what he's done. But I feel like he's been with the Rockies a lot longer than four years.
1: It does feel that way, Julie, doesn't it? And and it also, I think, feels that way because if you were listing the, you know, 15 greatest Rockies, the 10 greatest Rockies, Trevor Story probably, you know, already way up there on the list and he's only played, as you suggest, just four years. And he announced that he was going to be really good in the game he played to begin his career against the Arizona Diamondbacks. From the first game on, of course, he had six home runs in the first four games, two off Zach Granke uh, down in Arizona to begin his career. And he's he's just grown since then.
2: That was really special. That was really special to watch. And he also talked a lot about Carlos Gonzalez, about you know Cargo just such a popular player here, and how much cargo meant to him. So, if that's the next step for Trevor's story, and you know Trevor better than most people, he'll never take cargo's shoes. But he, can he be that kind of leader? I mean, Trevor's kind of quiet, right? But
1: can he, he he is quiet by nature, and as he described himself, I you know rather, you know uh, I, I'm kind of set the example by you know watching me sort of thing. Um, but he he's slowly ready to emerge. He realizes he's one of the game's great players. He now has credibility because he's an all-star. He's been around for several years. Everyone who comes up looks up to him, and I think he started to do that with the Garrett Hampson's of the world, the Sam Hilliard's of the world, and you could hear how impactful – Cargo was on his career. Now, Cargo has a more gregarious personality, but I think in his own kind of inimitable fashion, you're going to see Trevor with his proverbial arm around players and saying things probably in, in you know, more clipped terms uh, to players and becoming more of a, of a vocal leader in addition to just being a leader by his work ethic.
2: Yeah, I mean, at least he's self-aware of that, right? That's kind of the first step is to know that he has um, a greater purpose than just what he's doing at the plate inside that clubhouse and that he's, he's going to try and do that. So, uh, you know, almost every year, not just the Colorado Rockies, but a lot of athletes say, you know, we have this chip on our shoulder and we feel like we've been disrespected. I love hearing that. But you know what I love more? I love don't just um, talk the talk, walk the walk. Like do something with that. Do you feel yeah. like you're going to do something with that? It's easy to say.
1: No, it is. But uh, one of the things I noticed when spring training was going on and I was down there is that they were very disappointed naturally with how their season turned out last year. They believe at their core, they're, they're you know, much better than that. And they want to return to what, you know, transpired in 2017 and 2018 And there was this collective, we're gonna we're gonna get back to that in addition to we'll show the rest of baseball, especially the folks that figure the Rockies were gonna finish fourth or fifth in that division. So it was it was nice to hear as opposed to just athlete talk saying, hey, well we don't pay any attention to it. They're aware. They're aware. And not that they needed that motivation. I think the motivation of of winning is most important to all of those guys. And I think the motivation having come off a bad year was motivation enough, but also hearing and reading about some of the prognostications for the Rockies in 2020 was added motivation, if you will.
2: I know you don't have the answer to this, but from what you've heard, say, say, okay, they say, okay, June 1st is when they're going to play baseball. How, what have you heard about how long spring training would be? When we can talk about this again, when we can see these guys out there again, how long would they need?
1: I, I think, Julie, without question, it will be uh, three weeks, give or take uh, a couple of days on either side. You want to call it nineteen to twenty-three days, somewhere in there.
2: Are you a betting man?
1: I'm not typically a betting man, but in for for the beneficiary of this show and whatever little uh, gig you have going right mm-hmm. now, I will.
2: When do you think baseball is coming back?
1: I believe uh, I've been optimistic throughout. I really believe at the beginning of July that we're going to have major league baseball.
2: And that would be great, right?
1: Yeah. And I also want to, Julie earlier, and we've all read so many of these stories, especially doing what, what we all do. If they start July 1st, Uh they're going to play the regular season through October. That is 125 days. So when they say, oh, they can play half a season, they can play a lot more than that. And it behooves both ownership and the players to play as many regular season games as possible from a financial standpoint. Even if there are no fans the whole year, the owners are going to get a bigger share of their local television deal. And that's that's the other reason why they've come up with this 10-team divisions. Mm -hmm. So each night, games start, for the quote-unquote home team, the team you follow, at a reasonable hour, they're all going to be at, at seven o'clock, let's say, and that's, that's terrible. that was the driving force behind that.
2: How many double headers are figured into that?
1: Well, that's the other thing, Julie. So if you if you're talking about 125 days, if you give those guys 10 days off, you know, basically three days a month, even if it's 12 days off, right? Uh-huh. So now you're down to. 113 days, let's say, they're going to play double headers. Right. And again, the the players want to play. You heard Trevor's boy. We had Charlie on. We've had David Dahl. They all want to play. They all want to play. Owners want to play. So now you're talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of 120 games. I think that's completely doable and feasible if you get rolling by, by July 1st.
2: That doesn't sound so terrible, right? That doesn't sound... So- be
1: three, It'd be three quarters of a season.
2: Yeah. We can do this. So, Drew, pretty soon I'm gonna to get to see you in person. You know why is that? Well, because because we can no, actually- I'm, I'm so-
1: listen. I'm perfectly content. Even when <laughs> even when this stuff's over, man, when this shit's done, I'm still good. I'm I'm. Ha- I didn't. Ha- I walked over to my office in the house. I didn't have to have that cat attack me. That's true. Um, I'll
2: never see you again, but on TV. Uh, On that note.
1: I will bring you you a bouquet of flowers and a nice bottle of wine. And I'll bring some, uh, you know, whatever cats like. Just tell me.
2: (laughs) Okay. That sounds good. You've got a deal. Um, Be safe. And I will see you next week.
1: You got it. Take care.